as this song as the song lead us Lord Lord we dare now to just step it out without your leadership so Lord make your leadership uh, clear so that we can follow Lord Lord how we thank you that you have uh, sent us the word in this hour how you have, how we thankful that you send the Holy Ghost to leading us and not to anything else but to the word directly Lord Lord we're so thankful Lord Lord, you never leave us a leader without a leader. You never leave us without a comforter. It's the great mighty Jehovah that come down in a humble flesh and the leading our children. So, Lord, I just pray that this morning that a true leadership coming down, Lord. Lord, I am sure there are some people probably coming here without a leadership. Probably coming here to seeking for the leadership. Coming here to seeking the Lord to come into their life. Maybe there's a, some a situation that he cannot even utter. Maybe they have a sickness. Maybe they have a things that haven't been bothered them for years and years. Lord, sometime and they might be having lost a hope. But Lord, I made this morning yeah. be the morning that their question be answered, their problem be solved. Then they can feel that the presence of a God draw near to them. Lord, made a cold heart become a warming it up. Lord, made a lifeless become full of life, Lord. Lord, made a backslider come back to the fold. Not come back to the church and go out it again, but come back to the fold, which the great shepherd had to be their shepherd, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray, let your presence come in here as we approach your word, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You come with an expectation? I saw there's uh, many uh, people that are uh, coming home and uh, from the spring break. Uh, Brother Jim and Sister Shirley and uh, I think you know, there's many other people uh, coming too. We're so thankful that to have you all back to the house of God. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll just let you sit down a few minutes because I want to bring you to the update for um, what's happened to that in uh, China. And then maybe I'll share... Um, uh, just share it a little bit and uh, give you a little clip uh, that I'll let you to listen to. You won't be able to see it, uh, but uh, uh, that little clip was um, uh, the voice message that the brother sent it to me. And uh, we're just um, uh, commun- uh, communicated together. It just so touched my heart. And I trust you will do the same to you. Um, as I was uh, telling you before, uh, you know, the, the sense they're facing some challenges uh, in China. Uh, but we're so thankful to God that he's... Uh, uh, he's a mighty warrior Amen. on the battlefield, and that he's also, he's a faithful. No matter what uh, they're going through, you know, the, those situations is only drive a person to desperation. It's only take the, those environments that are challenging they're facing, it just bring, the, uh, bring, bring their love to God and uh, just elevate it to another level. Uh, I think that that's, um, uh, that's the truth that in every believer's life, whenever we're going through things, uh, you, you, you really don't have to, uh, somebody to force you to, uh, you gotta look at this way, you gotta look at that way. The one that's, uh, who's leading you so far is already in you. And uh, God only take the situation come up. It's not just to pump you up, but try to say, uh, you know, did you see this? Did you see this? There's something behind it. You saw it. You know it. It just take God to make it become a reality to you. And so that's what's happening in China and the believers over there. And um, 
uh, you know, after they're, they're facing all these challenges from the different uh, angle, uh, but the Lord uh, still did a mighty work. And um, by God's grace, and all the churches, they're uh, still having churches. They're still, uh, maybe they have to, um, some place they have to go from home to home. Um, but their love to God is just elevated to a new level. And some, they already have the, uh, set to the place, so they rented, they uh, resumed their service. Uh, uh, just when the people come back to the service, some, uh, some brothers sent me a video of it, uh, how they're worshiping. You know, you can just feel the exuberance that are in the people. And so they're, they're, uh, it doesn't look a left and a right. They don't care who come, who goes, who knock on the door. They just want to worship the Lord. And so the brothers who used to singing uh, loud, they become louder. They become the worship, and they worship even more uh, than it used to uh, than it used to be. Uh, you know, my heart was so thrilled when I uh, saw that. And uh, you probably heard. Um, I just have to use some nickname because the Chinese name doesn't mean anything to you. Uh, just as your English name doesn't mean anything to my mother-in-law. So uh, my mother-in-law sometimes just call your name uh, just by a nickname. And uh, he named some brother a uh, small nose or some brother a big nose. And uh, but he got all he, he have all nickname for everybody. So then, then we know exactly. So I would just talk that this. Uh, the reason is that she has small nose because one time uh, a brother when our, when our kids was uh, very small, the young girl, and um, he was looking at my daughter. She said, "My goodness, you get a, such a small, cute nose." So then that brother got nicknamed Small Nose. So I won't say who that is. And uh, but um, you know, I just called him uh, uh, White Jacket Brother, or yeah, somebody called a Deep Fried Donut Brother, whatever that you called him. Uh, but uh, uh, when I mentioned that, you 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 would know it. And he go to everywhere and um, uh, just share the message uh, to everybody. And uh, just recently, he went to another place. And by God's grace, uh, there's uh, more people coming to the message. They were baptized. And um, and he go uh, just uh, you, you just can I, I just so thankful to to the Lord. That he can use the vessel like that to just to spread the gospel, and with such a zeal, with a passion, and with the love of the Lord, and uh, just go everywhere in uh, some villages or some countryside, and some little city, the little town, just everywhere, and he just uh, get the message to the people, and the people was baptized, they received the message, and the last time they, uh, just uh, days, uh, two days ago. And then he, he was talking to me on the, uh, on, on the, on the chat there. And he said, you know, I, I just sent the 17, uh, a whole set of a message book to a little church, uh, a house church here. I just sent another seven, uh, MP3 players, uh, into another house church. They said they're gonna want, uh, they want to receive the message. They want us to go there. Uh, the Lord just do the mighty work over there, just booming, just blossom and under the challenges. And so I would like to just play a little clip of that um, uh, from the, the, the chatting that we're, uh, we're communicating. And all you saw, we can show it in the picture, you saw it was a, uh, you saw the result of it. You saw that the people was baptized, you saw that the people, they worshiped the Lord, but you don't know what is behind it. There's a lot of a tear, there's a lot of a fear sometimes, there's a lot of humiliation, there's a lot of a people, uh, many times uh, they have to be cast out on the street at the midnight of the night. In a cold night, they have to, they, 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 uh, because they shared the word until the midnight, until late night. 
And that the people got mad at about them, they kick them out of the house. And they have the roaming on the street. Sometimes they wonder, Lord, is this all there is? But you know the Lord will bring the result to the people. Amen. And let us to see that. So if you don't mind, I just want to, if you can just um, uh, play that uh, little clip. It was the subtitles. Uh, it was in Chinese and in English. I asked Brother Jason to help me to put it on there. So uh, to you that uh, don't, uh, don't understand the Chinese, you can uh, watch the, the subtitle. If you can just play that. You don't want to hear it out of my tears to come out. I was thinking about that's the one going to have a greater reward. And that's the one that is a world that doesn't worth it to even have. And this is the one that is sure the gospel wherever they go. Uh, it's the Bible time again. It's the book of Acts that again. They uh, have the goat skin, a sheep skin, and some sometime they're facing the persecution. And I would say at the same time, the words of the Bible it has happened that in those times, the Lord would do the same thing. And I just want to encourage you, my brothers and my sisters, we won't be have a, but a little time. And you might be rejected by a lot of people. You might be humiliated when you are sharing the gospel to the, to everywhere that you go. And I was thinking how many people, uh, they uh, they cast you out and they kick you out and just said that you're a cult and they don't want to have nothing to do with you. But there's some spirit that's just driving in you said, Lord, this is the great message that we heard. Lord, this is, there must be some predestined seed somewhere. That it will receive this message, will receive the word, and then our life can be transformed. So, Victor, do your work. Brother Jim, Sister Shirley, Lord, we'll never forget that how you've been sharing the gospel, sharing a message with people. There might be having people reject you. Anyone here, we're probably facing a lot of a rejection. Brother Matthew, to go on the street, and different things, different people, different things has happened to you. But I want to assure you to one thing, not a one thing passing by without a notice of the Lord. Not a one thing that what we did for the name of sake, for the name of Jesus Christ, without our Lord remembering that. That's called the love of a God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. With that, that's a stand. Let's turn to the scripture, book of Matthew, chapter 28.
You know, if we just look at what it is on the, on the surface, we'll be very much discouraged. If we just look on some, how many rejections that the people are refusing, we'll be very discouraged. And I was thinking about that when I first come to the China to the, to share the word with the people, share the message. I was thinking everybody should have received this. Everybody. And I go to my friend, one after another, one after another, they throw me off. Not throw me off, throw me out. And one after another, they said, this is a cult. You know, we have nothing to do with this. Some people even cussing you. You don't think that a Christian can cuss? They call themselves a Christian. And they cuss you right in front of your face. And sometimes even want to beat you. And then you realize, that's not what I call a Christian. That is the demon spirit in there. But then you still keep on going. You keep on going. And you know what? It's some of those people who cuss in front of you. It'll end up, that's the person who received the message. Some people that become your greatest enemy. They try to kick you out. That become the one that come back crawling with their hands and feet. Come back and repent and receive the message of this hour. And it will not give your heart such a thrill. Lord, we never look at what is the surface. We never look at what is the, uh, what's the people might, we just look at your promise. There must be somebody is going to receive the word. There must be somebody who loved the word, who's a predestinated seed of God. And that just to give us the courage, to give us a drive, want to bring the word to everywhere that we go. You don't have to go to China to become a missionary. You can be the missionary right in your neighbor, right in your backyard. Whatever that you do, let your light be shine before the people. Your life will speak louder than your word can speak. Amen. Book of Matthew chapter 22, verse uh, 36. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's turn to the book of Matthew. Oh, sorry, book of Mark, chapter 12. Verse 28. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbors as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than this. May the Lord bless His word. You may be seated.
So if the Lord willing, we want to talk about the first commandment. It, it might be a, uh, it might be a little, uh, a lengthy. I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to finish this, uh, just in one service because, you know, there's a too, too much of the uh, love of God we can talk about. Uh, you can talk about years without even touch the, uh, scratch the surface of it. So we just, um, uh, we're, we're not just coming for, uh, to, for service. Uh, I'm not coming here just for preaching a service. All I pray, just the Lord coming down to meet your need. Uh, because when we come, we come with our need. And sometimes we don't even know what our need really is. We think we need this. We think we need that. But only when the word of God come, when the presence of God, when the Holy Spirit drop down, that He taught us what we really need. And sometimes what we need is, uh, is the things that we think we really don't need it. But the Lord said, no, you need it. And when you possess it, and when you have it, and when you believe it, uh, as, uh, He, as the same Spirit has given it to you, and you receive it as under the same Spirit, and maybe right at then, you didn't see the result of it, but as the time goes by, you will find out how precious that is. Without that, it will become unthinkable. You know, think about that even when we first began to, uh, when we heard of this message, when we heard that the Lord has done a great thing in this age, He sent the prophet. We never thought we're going to need the prophet. We think we have all but the prophet. We don't need him. We have the church. We have a Baptist and Methodist and the Pentecost. You name it. And anything that under the heavens that we can, we, we can have it. You, you have the tele, uh, television evangelist and everything, uh, uh, all this uh, book and that book. We, the last thing we can think about is we need a prophet. And the Lord said that you needed a prophet. This is the only thing I can we need in this hour. You don't need the denomination of church. You don't need the psychology book. You don't need a certain theologian, uh, uh, theologist to you. You need a prophet with God and manifesting in the flesh and bring you the message of this hour. When you have that, you have everything. And then at first we fight for it. We are against it. We said we never gonna need it. This is not right. That is not right. This is against our denomination. This is against our belief. But you know, just like that, a little white jacketed brother, when he was in the meeting, I probably shared this many times with you. He was listening. He was listening. His mind telling him this is wrong. This is wrong. And his mind is telling him, rise up, get out of this place. Get up, get out of, get out of this place. And but when he got up, there's something. And in him, he yielded out, I believe this is the message. And look at what's happened to him after a few years. Sometimes we don't think that we need it, but that's exactly what we needed. God gave us this message of this hour. He manifested this message of this hour. Don't let us lose that. Sometimes when we go online, the time and it goes and goes by, and we are because of the life pressure, the the things that ever pressures us, we tend to go for another direction. We tend to seeking for another channel, seeking for another answer, seeking for another help, seeking for another resolution. Don't seeking for anything else. God already gave it to you, and He will stuck it through, and He wants you stuck it through. If we ever give you in the first place, and He approved himself this is right and that's the right until the end you don't need to find any any time to find any new idea to try to find some new light to try to bring some new revelation the old revelation he revealed to you if you keep true to it and that revelation will be like a roman candle just rising from one to another to another 
So we, we look at it as a scripture. It says that, uh, this is the first commandment. And the Lord, and to the Jesus and, uh, the person who asked Jesus said, what is the greatest, uh, what was the first or the great uh, commandment? Which is the greatest commandment? And uh, Jesus says, uh, love uh, the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And they said, what is the first commandment to Israel? Let me slow down a little bit. When I get excited, I just, I'm just running a hundred miles an hour. And when Jesus answered to them, then he said that you should, uh, 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 talking about the two the Israelites, he said that you should love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, and with all thy soul. In another word, this is the commandment. To love God is not an option. Let me then bring this into two a little even tighter. To love God with all your soul. That means not even 0.1% of um, reserve. Not even, not even one speck of to put anything else into that heart. Love thy God with all thy heart. It's not an option, but it's a commandment. Commandments means that you must do it. Sometimes when we say that, you think this is kind of a, a unthinkable. How can God say, you must love me? If I tell my wife, honey, you better love me. I command you to love me. If you don't love me, I'll shoot you. Would you love? How can you love in that way? It's impossible, isn't it? You go to North Korea. You think that doesn't happen in the world? You go to North Korea. You have to love that uh, that dictator. And you have to love it so much you tear him to come out. You have to learn how to shed your tear. When a great dictator coming on here, coming before, you must shake. You must almost kneel before him, almost worship him, always love him all your heart. All your soul, all your strength, and love to a point, you actually believe you love Him. You actually believe the tear come out, this is my Savior. I love Him so much. If you ever live in a communist regime, you know what I'm talking about. I just got a little bit of that by my mom. mom, My dad have a greater experience of that. If you ever live in the regime, you learn how to lie. If you ever live in that regime, you learn how to tell the, tell the lie to the people. You learn how to pretend in yourself, to disguise yourself. And when you come to you, you are a perfect professional actor. When my mom first came to the States, and the first thing that, uh, the commissar, is that called a commissar? The, the, uh, whatever that the chairman that in that communist party, they, they, they ask him and they tell her, don't you ever believe anything they told you. And don't you ever say anything when you come back. Because you have your family. That is the regime that you're under. And my daddy has to tell me, he said, uh, when I first, uh, when I come to before the Lord, I received the message. And my father, and I shared a message to them, I shared the gospel with my father, with my mom. 
And for, for my daddy, he said, ah, oh, that's nothing, nothing there. He said, I'm chairman of a communist. I, I have facing a thousand of a communist member. I tell the same thing. I'll tell them, I go home, I live another life. I don't even believe it. And then he was thinking, that's what I believed. You know, you just hyped it up. You just believed something that was, that was not there. You're just pretending you were believing. People train themselves to live things in, under that. That's the, 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 the regime or the, the leader will command them. You must love, love the big dictator. You must love, you must be loyal to the party. You must do this, you must do that. And people can train themselves into the certain level. They can do it. And they actually believe, I do love my dictator. Well, he gave me the medical, he gave me this, he gave me that. And then they have to put up a little red book and they're just shouting and screaming. They can go through all the emotion and they can even train them to believe what they forced them to believe until the reality hit them. Then because it was just to train them to do that and all of a sudden when they find out that this is absolutely a lie, they just fly away. The whole thing just gone. I don't think God want to command us, you must love me, is that type of a command. When God said, love God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, He must be doing something to put that love right in us so that we can do that. He must have loved us so much that He hanged Himself on the cross. So when we saw that, you automatically start to stir up a love right in us. So Savior, you save my life. Not that you train me to love you, but you do love me so that I can love you. It must be some super natural love that drop in that the person make it become a reality in the believer's heart. Then to love God it just become a natural thing to them. God said, this is the first commandment. A person must have loved the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. God without, God will not ask you to do anything without Himself to do that first. Whatever He doing things, God Himself will be the first example to doing that. So the Lord Jesus Christ, when He come down, He come down in the human flesh, go through all the humiliation, go through all the pressure, just like what you have to go through. Go through all the hard life and anything that we have experienced in this hour. Then he become a human flesh. Then he was a hang on the cross and to die for the people and die for our sin. We say this is God in that human flesh that he did that. If we can ever summarize the life of Jesus Christ, I think we can summarize his life as he loved God was all his strength, with all his mind, with all his soul, and with all his heart. And he loved a person so much, even died for them. And he loved God so much, obeyed his word until death, that he obeyed his word. Because if we said we love God, God is what? God is word. You love God with all your soul. You love the word of God. 
the manifestation of the word of God with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your mind, and with all your heart. That means that you want to follow every word that God has said. When we say to love God, it doesn't mean so that, you know, you're, when you saw the picture of the cross and then your tear, you would drop out. When you're still thinking about how he was a die for me. How, no, you love God is to love his word. That means you give your whole heart to the word. All your strength is for the word. All your mind is to focus on the word. All your heart is for the word. All your soul is to believe in the word. Everything, word, word, word. Amen. It's not intellectual only. Though you can love the God with all your mind, with all the, you, you have reasoning, you have all the imagination and everything, but that doesn't stop right there. Love the word of God with all your soul, with all your heart as well, with all your strength. It's not just that I believe God, I believe God. Even though the Bible said, what is the first commandment? The belief in the Lord. That He is the one God. A person can know that, can believe that. That God is the one God, but without putting a finger on it. Without giving their whole strength to it. Without giving their time to it. Without giving an engine energy to it. That still is not to love God with all your strength. But if God commands us to do that, he himself dropped down into a flesh called Jesus Christ. And he fulfilled that scripture. Love God with all their mind, with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their strength. That is the perfect example of the one that would do that. If we can summarize them, the great men of God, that in every age, that we can all summarize it in that scripture. They love the God with all their strength. With all their might, with all their soul, and with all their heart. If we can ever summarize the great man that we call to the prophet in this age, that I can see, that I can summarize it in one scripture, and that is the scripture that we can summarize him in. That he is the one who loves God, will love the word of God without compromising. Love him with all his strength, with all his mind, with all his heart, and with all his soul. So in order for us to love God with all our mind, all our soul, all our strength, with all our heart. God Himself must have come into the flesh, just as they come into the flesh into Jesus. Just as they come into the flesh in all this man of God. Just as they come into the flesh in the prophet of God in this hour. He has to come into the flesh, incarnate that in us, so that we can love Him can fulfill that first commandment. Because just by our own might, by our own ability, we cannot fulfill that commandment. You can try your heart. You can try all your heart to try to love Him. You can bring it up all your strength. You try to love Him. You'll find out you will come into an end. You finally, all those things are just like a poof, just gone, nothing. How many people have to try to end this message, to try to love the Lord, to love the message, but years later, you don't see them anymore. Because the one that is a love, a perfect love, will never drop into their life. They only try to fulfill the commandment. They only try to pretending. They only training them. Try to love it. Try to love it. But to them, it's a lie. To them, it's never become a truth. It's just like a people live in a communist regime. And they never really make that become a reality to them. 
So one time when it become totally to them, it just become a lie. That's why they can go out of the world just like nothing happened. That's why they can reject any message just like nothing happened. Because in the beginning, this never become a reality to them. But one the one that the love, and the one the one that can give love, and the one the one whose nature and the core is love, when the love life drop into the person's life, by believing the word, when they drop it in there, no matter how you try to push them away, they were never going away. No matter what trials will come, will never trial them away. No matter what defeat come, you will never defeat them away. No matter how many doubts come, you will never doubt them away. Because of that perfect love drop into them. God Himself has to be incarnated in a man so that it make that love that become a reality to the person. If the person doesn't recognize that it, that's the love that the God come, that it bring this a message, which is the love of God, and they cannot believe it, because they might be trying to force them to believe it, but they never really recognize it. And if they don't recognize it, it will never become a reality to them. But if a person do receive it, and patiently. That they receive the word, do the work in their life. They receive the word. In the first beginning might not be as a reality as it should be. But if the patient didn't receive it, believe it, and have faith to what is God has said. When it's going along, God will bring the situation come to their life. God will bring allow the trials come to their life. God will bring the difficulty that come into their life. It's not to test it himself, but to test it the word that they have received. And then when the Holy Spirit to drop to that word and reveal that word to them, then the love, then the life of God was to become a start of sprinting out. When the life of God is sprinted out, what it manifests, it manifests the perfect love of God. And when it manifests the perfect love of God is in them, that love is not just uh, try to command them, you must do it. It's something in them, they must do it. So when Christ's uh, life is coming to the person, Christ's love is coming to that person, and then the love of God can be expressed or manifested by that person. Then to love your neighbor is not sort of a commandment anymore. How many times to love your neighbor become a commandment? How many times to love the one that are beside you that in the church become a just commandment? It is a commandment, but if it is making a reality, if it has to love the one that who can love, the one that who give love, if it dwell in you, to love the neighbor is just something naturally do. To cut their grass, to help them out is just something naturally you do. It's not you force yourself to do it. When a person slaps her face, turn her face to them, slap it just something naturally that you do. It's not you have to force yourself to it. It's the beauty in me. And in the book of Ephesians 3, verse 14, it said, For this cause, uh, for this cause, I bow my knee unto the Father 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. He said that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. When by faith you believe, not just intellectually word, but believe in Christ and receive His life as it in you, then you were rooted and grounded in love. Whenever you planted uh, a plant, the plant must have sp- sp- um, spread the roots into the soil. Why? It's because in that soil, they have a nutrient. Like a brother John was uh, showing the, uh, showing the, uh, the, uh, the, the picture the other day. And the, the, there's a, there's a tree there. There's a root bulb. And the, they have to do everything and the, to, um, uh, um, supporting it and without the wind to blow it down. For what? To let the root to spread it down. So that's another root. They can take it a root. So then they can take that and support it out. Then no matter what's happened, that tree is, you, you cannot uh, blow it uh, uh, over. You have to forgive me. I, I hate my Chinglish. Just like you hate my Chinglish. Just the other day, I, just try to break the uh, the air a little bit. The other day I was I was sharing it with you. I, I, uh, my mom my mom's uh, she got healed. You know she. I think I said uh, my mom said uh, you know I'm not a novice, and I said to devil he said I'm not a novice I'm an old hand. Some people they 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 think I'm talking about older hand H E N. I mean old hand. Not old hand. <laughs> and one sister, and then later on, I asked them to, you know, shake hands, uh, tell, tell your husband to tell the one beside you, I'm an old hand. And that uh, sister, <laughs> shake hands with her husband, she said, God bless you, old rooster. <laughs> I saw your revelation, at least I should get old bald eagle, not old rooster. <laughs> you forgive my chinglish, I, 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 I kind of messed it up all the time. But you are old eagle. <laughs> but you see, when a tree was planted, and then they have to spread it at a root's house, so that a roots can take the nutrients out of the soil, out of the ground. And when God rooted at us, He will never root at us in the intellectual knowledge. Because there's no nutrients in there. And you might be rooted in there, but it was so shallow. As soon as the wind blew, it gone. It will never just root it in just a church. Because that's so shallow. Because there's no nutrients in there. He can never just root it in the emotional realm. Because there's no nutrients in it in there. He can never just root it because your affiliation with a certain people, with a certain, with a minister, with a pastor, with deacon, with the, he will never because there's no nutrients in there. Though they are the men that God called, though they are the, the, the men of God, bring the word of the people, but if you only rooted on the man, the nutrient is not coming from the man. 
You must bypass or strew that man, but bypass that man. Go to the ground, go to the soil. There only Christ has a nutrient in there. It must be rooted in Him. And Him is love. When you're rooted and grounded in the life, in Him, in the love, then you will draw the nutrients out of it. Then no matter what trial you're going through, you know there is the one who loved you before, He'll love you now. He will love you all the way to the end. If you're going through the difficulty, if you're rooted in love, not human love, but Christ's love, that love will bring you through every time. Where your children is not in their all to be position, but if you love the Lord, you're rooted in the love, rooted in not in that just human love, motherly love, fatherly love, but rooted in the love of a God. Lord, your promise has said, believe out of Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. Where you're rooted in there, there's a new thing to come out of there. And that love not only rooted you, that love will drive your children back to the fold of Sheba again. If you're rooted in love, instead of being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all sense what is the breath, the lambs, and death. And height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that he might be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. All the fullness of God only can come to the grounded, rooted roots that in the in the soil that's the kind of nutrients of. Brother Bremer said in the perfect faith. He said, now we become anointed with the same spirit, anointed Messiah, Messiah of the last day, to shine forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to show that he is not dead, but in the form of the Holy Ghost. He is in his people. Moving among his bride, with a love affair to her, pouring out into her himself. They are becoming one for the wedding supper and the same signs promised by the same God in the same word is making his same manifestations. He said, there's nothing left for us to do but believe it. And the believing is the substance. And that creates a perfect faith. Just think how normal we are. Just thinking of a minute now. Is God Himself come in the Holy Ghost? He is in His people. Fifty years ago, sixty years ago, when He was in the, the prophet, it's the Holy Ghost in one person. And then He dwells in the flesh called William Branham. And He brings the message, He manifests the Jesus Christ. In such a level that the people even um, can um, um, mis um, uh, can misunderstand that he's almost a, like a god, which is nothing but a truth, actually. 
Because there's a God living that a person can live it so much that it can make the people even misunderstand. I think that our pastor said at one time, the people they said, oh, he make, you make himself a God. And Brother Ed said, I wish that people can do that to me. And I wish that people can do that to me too. And I can live a life so much, so close to God, that people even can misunderstand that that's where the God may incarnate. But you see, that's the years ago. But the Lord never passed away when the prophet was passed away. The spirit, um, the, the human flesh might pass away, but the spirit come out from it of the prophet, but not sort of just in the one certain person, but it's now is in his people. It is many members of the body. It's not in a certain individual that the Holy Ghost is in there, but the fullness of the Holy Spirit is now dwell in the whole body of Jesus Christ. If a person cannot recognize the Word of God, the love of God, he cannot recognize the Holy Spirit, the God that is in his people. But if the person really recognizes that a God, that love him with all his heart, to recognize that a God in among his people, it's just something that's natural. It doesn't take the super revelation to recognize that. It was just to take the, the person, the Lord, become a revealed to them and become a reality to them. Then to love the, the second commandment, to love your neighbor as you love yourself, just becomes something that's natural to do. So we're not trying to, like the denomination, try to tell the people, you gotta love your neighbor, you gotta manifest the love, you, you gotta do the free, or do the aid, you know, you gotta help the poor, you gotta help the, do the, this. They, they forsake the first commandment, try to go to the second commandment, it's just like you try to go up to the ladder, you're gonna break your neck. The, the way to do is to receive the first commandment. Love God, love the Word of God revealed in this hour with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your heart. Then the rest of them will come naturally. Then you don't need to tell them to help the poor. We love to help the poor. You don't need to tell them to go to visit the sick, to pray for the sick. We do that all the time. It doesn't need it that you have to love your neighbor. You know, if they, uh, if they say something against you, you know, you just uh, uh, have to, uh, don't, just pretend you don't say it, just that, uh, you know, he doesn't mean that. It doesn't take psychology to do that. Psychology bypass the first commandment, try to only use the second commandment to for their own benefit. That's why it doesn't work. It might work for a little while, but it will never heal, heal the core. The core is a love God. Lord, love the Lord thy God with all thy strength, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and with all thy heart. Amen. And in the desperation, Brother Abraham said, he quoted a look, a look, uh, 16. And he said, Luke 16 begin at the 15th verse of the 16th verse. He said, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. And every man presses into it. And Brother Abraham said, every man presses into it. Not just simply walk into it easily, but it's got to be pressed into. See now, when you seek me with all your heart, 
Then I will be found. The kingdom of God is preached. In another word, it's been demonstrated in a power. He said, when that happens, every man should press us into it. Before we can have an excuse. But now we don't have an excuse. Before that Pharisees, the Sadducees, then when Jesus, before Jesus come, they have an excuse. But when Jesus come, the kingdom of God has already come before them. Then they have no excuse but press themselves into it. But the things that they don't recognize it. When they don't recognize it, they can't press it into it. Some people, they recognize it, but they reject it. But, it's not, there, but there is also a group of people that recognize it, they believe it, and they press themselves into it. Then the power of a God manifests through those disciples. And for this age, it's the same thing. Before the prophet to come, people might have an excuse. They said, well, we don't know that God can do the things like this. We don't know that God is a reality. But when the prophet come and bring the message, then the power of God will be manifested. The kingdom of God will literally come back to us again. Then people have no excuse, but have to recognize it, believe it, then press into it. And that's what we're facing. We cannot say that we're a message believer without a pressing into it. If we do recognize that this is the word of this hour, if we do recognize that this is not a man speaking, but this is the God, God use a man that is speaking to us, then we recognize it, we believe it, and then we should press into it. Amen. And you do have the power to press it into it. Because if you do receive it and recognize the word, that word itself has a self-driven power. That is the real self-driven automobile. It's not your Tesla, but it's this one. This one is in the self-driven mode. He just lets you to yield yourself to it. When you receive the word, the word will drive himself. Then the life of Christ manifest through you. Brother Bram said, I believe that the reason we don't have a desperation is because there's a lack of love. He's a God, the love of God. I think that's the love of God caused desperation. If God is in you, the token inside of you, and you see the condition of time and people waiting in sin the way they are, it will throw you into desperation. He said, it's the love would drive a people to desperation. Amen. And we know that the situation can drive a person into desperation too. And, uh, and Reverend said in the, in the desperation message, they said it was too bad. It sometimes it has to take an emergency. It also all the time has to take an emergency state to put a person into desperation. And then when the people in the deathbed, they started thinking, oh, do this, oh, do that, fix this, correct that. He said, they should have done that before that. But you see, that type of, a de- that type of a desperation doesn't do people any good. Because there's a no love drive them to desperation. If it's just a situation, drive a person to desperation, very, as soon as they come out of it, they will go back to the same situation and again. Or just a change it to another form. Because it is only the environment. If the environment changes a person, that environment only changes a person outwardly. 
But if the person is by love driving the desperation, that love is in that person. When that person was by love drove them to desperation, that love will start to manifest. That star love start to put a face in the front of the, into the, the battlefront. But a person who in the merchant state of the desperate, the, all they do, they only want to get out of that. But if the person, a, a, a Christian, a believer, can driven by an environment or circumstances, drove them into a desperate situation. But because they have a love for the Lord, so that is not the situation give them power, not the trials drive them a power, but it's the love in the situation giving them the driving power. So drive them before the word of God. That in that desperate situation, they love God with all their strength, with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind. Say, Lord, your words the situation will drive me into this but there's a power behind that can drive me out of that then my experience become multiplied my experience become enriched you're not just to get out of the situation but that situation actually is serving as a power to make that person become stronger to serve that person into us elevated love to God then that trial become a beneficial still have to go back to the core but Abraham said the faith works by love faith works by love and the only way that you can have faith is have a love first when I talk about the love it's not what we're worried talk about the love it's not the denominations the so called love they're way, way, we're way, way beyond that. That's not even, that's a filthy if I call that. That's nothing to do what we're talking about. The love of a God. The love of a God is to the word of a God. Whatever the word of a God said do, I do. Even in a situation totally against with what, what I'm facing that, but because the word says so, I'm going through that. Maybe the opposition, maybe the confrontation was so strong, but because the word of a God said, no, how unreasonable that is, I'm going to go through that. That is called the love of God with all your might, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your heart. It's because after all, faith is the love's incentive. Incentive that says, exactly what faith is. It's an incentive to love. Now, if you don't have love, you can't have faith. If you don't love your wife, you can't have a faith to her. If you don't love your husband, you can't have a faith to him. Because if the love gives you the confidence. But I remember talking about a story that he was going, before he was going out to for a mission, a mission trips. He doesn't come over to his wife and said, honey, I uh, said, uh, you better uh, behave yourself. You know, if you're, if you're, uh, uh flirting with a man or this, and uh, when you come home, uh, when, when I come home, you just consider yourself as divorced. And then the wife, uh, and then might be uh, taking the left pole of his suit and said, uh, my good man, I want you to know something too. If you're flirting around when you're away with some of the woman, when you come home, he said, you just consider yourself as a divorce. They said, he said, well, that'd be the home. Home is just based on love. God wants to do it. That's why His love will become such a core foundation of everything that we do. You can't have a faith to God unless you have a love of God. 
And once again, it's not your love toward God, but by believing the word, receiving the word, receive the love of God right in you. That no matter what situation that you go through, you still have a confidence that know that if He bring me in this situation, He will take me out of that. And not only just take me out of it, He will bring the compound interest in that trial when this is over. It's the love that will drive us into the desperation. It's the love that will keep us to doing wrong. As the prophet talked about the young woman, you know, one time he was, uh, that she was married, married to the young man, and uh, the young man was uh, used to be in the world. And then uh, after they married, and the one day, the wife uh, said to the husband, he said, honey, I know you're, you know, you were from the world. You you must be going through a lot of uh, sometimes the trials is getting uh, very hard. And uh, the uh, the husband said, "Yeah, sometimes it is." And she said, "I want you to know." He said, "If you do anything wrong, he said, don't stay out. He said, come home." And then the man take the lunch boxes, go back to his work, and said to her, and it was eating his lunch and thinking about that what the wife had said to said to him, and then he said to the. Uh, the, uh, the, the workers, uh, mate said, and said, uh, you know, how can you do anything wrong to such a person who loves you? What keeps us doing wrong? It's not because that you have a, such a conscious, or so strong that you don't want to do wrong. It's a power keep you to do wrong. If it's just a conscious, conscious can, conscious doesn't worth a penny. Your conscious can be easily changed by the environment that you go through. Some people that are really good conscious of when they're going through the environment, a little more pressure just to turn the heat on, their conscience doesn't mean anything. It's the power that can help holding you. The power is the love that holds you, that don't let you do wrong. It's the love of Sister Mini that make it a brother Branham don't go do wrong. What is the love? It's just the human love. Human love can only go so far. But if the human love can do that, what about the God's love? And he said, the man said, how can you do wrong to a wife in such a love like you? If the human love can even do that, how much more when we receive the love of God in us, that will keep you to do wrong, to do things that are hurting our Lord. It's not a try to governing you and not try to just bound you and don't do anything wrong. It's to that, that power drop in you and living in you. And that power has the power to protect you to from anything doing wrong. As I said, it's a love that driving a person. To desperation. And the last time when I was, uh, I was sp- spoken over here, that Shunammite woman, when she was, uh, uh, when she was in a situation, she doesn't even know that she need a, uh, she had a need, that need a child, need a son. But it's the Lord bring that child that to her. And when she uh, got to what she need, and uh, all of a sudden, that she experienced something she never experienced it before. And all of a sudden, that is things that has been buried, and it, it was a, if I can use the word, was stimulated. Will come to life again. 
He probably, she, she probably thinking, you know, I was old, I, I haven't, um, having a, you know, child since I was at a young. But all of a sudden, the Lord give it a, give her a child. And that's, all the things that has been buried has been, become hibernated years for years. And now to become all stimulated. She doesn't even know she can be a mother. She doesn't probably even know that she possesses the love of a mother. But that's when the child to come, it brings out all the love that's already built, already dwelled in her. You know, sometimes we don't know that what we needed. We don't know there's something that is in us. It just has to take the Lord to bring that into our realization. Brother Bram said in the resurrection of Lazarus, he said, that's what's the matter with the Pentecostal people. They don't recognize who they are. You are sons and daughter of God. He said, uh, he said, you have in your hand, look, then Jesus, it was a one time quoted in the scripture, ER God. He said, look, deity, I'm a part of a char, Charles Branham, because I was born from a Charlie Branham. My dad, I'm a part of him. I've got a forehead like him. My hair was like him. I'm a small man like him. I'm in a nature like him because he's my dad. And if we become in spirit sons of God, deity dwells in the man. Hallelujah. Then you talk about the blind eyes being open. They said, nothing impossible to God. God said, nothing impossible with you. If you will believe, not with God, but you, deity, is in man. He said that the very God that stood back there on the mythical platform of the eternities and rolled worlds off of his hand and created these things to give you the privilege to be his son. And ye are, uh, you are a part of him. And God dwells in mankind, uh, mankind and the man himself is deity. He said, hallelujah, there you are. He said, he might choke you, but study over that a little while. God dwells in man, and man becomes a son of a God. Not him in himself, but the Holy Spirit is in him is God. The creator lives in the creation. He said, oh my, how I think of that. Then stand with an unwavering faith and ask what you will. It will be done unto you. He said that you are, he said the deity is in you. There's a certain thing so that in you has not been developed yet. All we're, a lot of time, we're looking, only look at what is outside, on the surface. But God has something to do. God has to let you to realize there's a deity that's living in the person. Living in the person who believes in Him. That's why the Shunammite woman, that the Lord let him, give him a certain, oh, he will, she will give it a, give her the son. And then the son was, uh, took it out of the way. Then by the prophet, and the, her face, he was, he drive the uh, woman into the desperation. Then she went to the, the prophet, and before, when he get to the, the prophet, he got a hold of him because his face is on, on the prophet. Then he drives the woman into the desperation. 
And when the, the desperation, then it comes to the point, and then he makes the prophet become a desperate. Then the, the prophet came, and then bring the resurrection to the child. You find out in us, the Lord is doing the same thing. There is a deity that is in a human being. Not in every human being, but in you, who called to the message of believer. Who called to the bride of Jesus Christ. It's not just the certain people that are living in you. It's not a certain your father's gene living in you. But it's the God himself that are living in you. But that has to take a certain situation. To take the things that drive us into the, the love of God. That we're so loving with all our heart, with all our soul. Say, so Lord, bring that deity out of me. That is things that happen that bring me into the certain situation, but that the love of God that drive me into the certain situation to overcome it. Then the Lord Himself will become manifested that in your life. You think about that other woman in the Memphis. That little colored woman, Brother Brandon was talking about. That her face, that she was a driver to the desperation. That her son has got a sick and he got a deadly disease. And she was praying. She said, Lord, I'm not, I was like that Shunammite woman. But she said, where's your Elijah? You see, she recognized her situation. And actually, she recognized what her position is. She recognized that I'm not a Shunammite woman. Lord, I only need one thing. I only need your prophet Elijah to come in force. I am not a person. I needed a revelation. I need a resurrection. And the, the one can bring me the resurrection is the, the prophet Elijah. You see, we recognize what our position is. If we say, Lord, I'm not Shunammite woman. You people that are going through trials. You people that need a healing. You people that need an answer from God. Do you recognize your position that in the Bible? If you say, Lord, I'm not a Shunammite woman. Then the Lord said, then your question is, it's not the Lord, where are you? Lord, where's your prophet? And then the Lord will answer to you, you say you believe my prophet. You said you believe the message of this hour. Then to me, if I recognize I'm the Shunammite woman in the Bible, then I know that a prophet has preached the message to me, to me question is answered. To me the whole thing is finished. Your desperation meets the end. But remember said that that Shunammite woman, when she saw the prophet, her desperation is ended. Though the resurrection hasn't happened yet, but the desperation is ended. Now she can rest. She know she find her answer. For us, it's the same thing. If we're going through the certain things, recognize your position in God. Lord, you said I'm a part of your bride. You said that the deity is in me. 
If I'm that Shulamite woman, if I receive the word of God, that prophet will pass it away, but the message of his hour is still here. That Christ is still here. That I believe the word, that my desperation is ended. The whole thing is finished. And that, sh- that little woman from Memphis, now she was praying for her son. But the Bible said that you never know what it is when you get down and really commit yourself to God. When can we really commit ourselves to God? If God commits you in a certain situation, why, why don't we commit ourselves to God Himself? If we commit ourselves into a certain situation, the things that we're going through, the difficulties that we're facing, the almost impossible situation that we're facing. If He commit us in there, He want us, He want to drive us to the desperation. Then let the love find an answer. He drive us to the desperation, and then we desperate commit ourselves to the hand of God. Then your desperation is ended. But Abraham said, "Don't use your own mind." Don't use your own thinking. Just commit your ways to Him. And just walk the way He leads. If He goes this way, that's alright. Sometime He leads through deep waters. He said, God's ways. He said, some through the waters. Some through the flood. Some through the deep trials. But all through the blood. God's way leads right through the deep sea. Into the wilderness and up over the hills. Through the wilderness of sin. And so forth. But God will bring you out. If you would just follow Him. And not try to use your own thoughts. Just do what God said do. And you will be alright. To go through a trial is a, such a simple thing. It's a way make it become complicated. We try to seek this answer. Try to, do, try to, try to build up the super face. Try to do this. Try to do that. And all the things to do while you're going through the trial, the simple thing is, Lord, you lead me through this. You lead me into this, you lead me through this. And then bow your head, plow through. As soon as you start to look and left and right, all the symptoms rise up, you become disheartened. But when you're going through that, just bow your head, put your head on the word of God. Love God with all your soul. What is in that soul? You are the predestinated seed of God. Love God with all your heart. You have a will to do God's will. Love God with all your mind. And that is the hardest part. Because that's the battleground. But the Lord don't let you become a perfect mind. He wants you to have a subdued mind. That love, Lord, I love you with all my soul, with all my heart. Though I don't understand it, but I love you, Lord. Your word says so. Lord, you are the great conqueror that is in my mind. Then you subdue the mind, and then you love your God with all your strength. Then your hand drop down, start to rise it up. Then your wicked knees start to rise it up. Then your back starts to getting healed. Then your chest starts to... Why? Because you love your God with all your soul, with all your heart. Conquer the mind, then conquer the body. You make your body to love the Lord. He said, that little woman, the love of God 
and the grace of a God had brought an airplane out of the sky and set it on the ground and held it there because an eager and a colored woman prayed in faith and her love for her little boy. If the love for her little boy and it drive her to become a desperate, that her face to call upon the Lord, then the Lord ascended the prophet down. How much more that we can do the same thing? He said the love of that poor ignorant colored woman probably don't know her ABCs, but she know the love of God. That's what a grounded airplane and held it there as three hours. Oh God, give us a faith like that. Drive us into the desperation. Lord, and not just to drive us into the desperation, but drive us into the desperation with the love in it. I'm not saying that you don't have it. I do know you have it. I do believe you have it. But you just have to let us come to the battlefront to work it for you. Then he said, what a great love. How God would ever forget us. Though our lamps are smoked up, He still loves us. Let's just train our fable lamp, my brother. Let's stand out. Let's get ready to meet the Lord Jesus. Let's get clean up. Let's get it fixed up. Let's get it prayed up. Let's get right. Keep your channel clean. Let the love flow through. Is that your love? Your emotional love don't work anything. It's the love of a God. They already put it in you, but receive the word of a God. Give him a chance. Let him come out. Let him fix your, your channel. Let you get it cleaned up so that the channel can be cleaned. So that the love of a God can flow through. That become a conquering love. He said about her sincerity to the God that she loved could have grown that airplane. And hold that plan until the prayer of faith was prayed over her baby. And it could take a man that move him so I couldn't go up in the plan. The Spirit of a God is turning you around. No matter how you try to go, it turns you back. That love is a power. No matter how your child will try to be wayward, try to turn away. But that love through you will never let it turn around. It will turn you back. You get God in you, brother. You can't walk that other road. Something will turn you around. My time is passing by. Let's, let me wrap it up and over here. If a person loves the Lord, Brother Bram said in the desperation, he talked about a Peter. He said, and then we find out in the sinking, God heard him in the line of a duty. He started to sink. He failed. No matter if you fail, that don't have nothing to do with it. Can I say that again? How many people failed? Don't raise up your hand. I said it too late. <laughs> I think we everyone, we fail. He said, we all fail. We are a failure to begin with. But we got somebody standing now with a strong hand who can reach us and take us out above the water. Love God with all your heart doesn't mean you are perfect. 
Love God with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Doesn't mean that you have to be Brother Ed Bisco. Doesn't mean you have to be like Brother Tom. Doesn't mean you have to be like Brother Tim, Brother John, Brother Ernie, Brother Ken, Brother Michael, or whoever that is. It doesn't have to be that way. He only said, love God with all your soul. Not my soul. With all your heart. With all your mind. Your mind is different from mine. Your mind is probably way stronger than mine. Your mind is probably way weaker than mine. Did I step on the toes or what? Love God with all your mind. What you going through is different from what I going through. My strong point might be your weakest point. Your weakest point might be your your strong point might be my weakest point. You might be very strong in reasoning. You have to reason it out. You might be very very weak in your imagination. Everybody is built different. But he said, "Love thy God." With your, all your mind. God know the measurement of your mind. God know the faculty of your mind. God know how much you can take, how much you can take. Love God with all your strength. He knows how your strength has a limitation. Your strength may be this big. My strength may be just this big. God knows that. He said, I don't require you love me with Brother Ken's strength, with Brother Darius' strength, with Brother Tom's strength. I only ask you, love me with all your strength. I only give you this much strength. I will only ask you, give that much of strength of love. And when you love with that much of strength, I will multiply it. The impossible situation, even with that much of a strength. But if you love me with that much of a strength, I will conquer that impossible. That's why you can see a your sister, a weak sister, can overcome the the sickness. That's why you can see you can see a weak brother can overcome the impossible situation. That maybe a minister cannot even overcome. Why? Because they love the Lord with all their strength. That's all God asks you to do. And He drives you to the desperation. Not try to let you become a desperate. Try to climb up and reach way high. It's already in you. Love me with all that strength. No matter how small the strength is, no matter how brittle, how, how fragile that mind is, but you love me with that. So many things that go through my mind. You're thinking about the brother Aaron mentioned that, the brother Tim mentioned that, that man that come before the, come before brother Branham and he wrote a track and against the Lord and that he, he cursed God. And they do so many things out of a God. But Brother Brandon asked, do you love him? I know you love him. He only loved him with all the strength that he had. That will bring the prophet on the scene. And declare to him that he's been delivered. I'm thinking, how many weak mind here? And be driven away by Satan's lie. 
said, you have to reach high, you have to do this, you have to do that. You don't have to do nothing. You are son and daughter of God. God put that strength in you. God put that mind in you. No matter how weak that mind is, no matter how battle scarred that mind is, the devil throw this stuff, the devil throw that stuff. But don't don't care, regardless of how weak that mind is. But in your soul, you love the Lord. In your heart, you love the Lord. Don't you remember, brother, when talk about the legion who was possessed by the devil? The devil securely. Controlled him so long, so much, till the point that the devil, till the point the devil thinking that this guy's gone. But before he know it, the Lord of the come on the scene. Why? But apparently, that was a soul crying for the Lord. Though he goes through the rough time, though he be possessed by the devil, but there is a soul there. The devil cannot buy that. Love God with all your soul, with all your heart. The conqueror will come on the stand. The deliverer will come. In that sinking, he said, but Ram said, but we got somebody standing now with a strong hand who can reach us and take us above the water. If you made a mistake, some woman made a, some woman made a mistake, some man made a mistake, some boy or girl made a mistake, that covers everybody here. Don't sink. Scream out. In despair. Amen. Not just say, I'm okay, I can do it, I'm okay. You don't have to pump yourself up. God know you and you know yourself. You don't have to be pretending. Everybody know everybody. Right. Just scream it out in despair. Say, Lord, save me, O oh Lord. Or I will perish. Get desperate about it. God will hear you. He always hears a desperate soul. Do you realize when a person in a desperation, they will grab anything, everything? Let me give you a quote. But Abraham said, he talked about Bartimaeus, and the Son of God, it was the sin of the world upon his shoulder. Going to Jerusalem to be offered up. Right then, for a sacrifice for the world to stop, stop in his track. Desperation. A despairing cry stopped the Son of God said, What would you have me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He said, Go your way, your face saved you. That was enough. Desperation. When desperation is to receive something, the faintest little touch, faith grabs it. Why God drive us to the desperation? It's so that even the faintest touch, when the Lord touched you, when you're in a desperation, you quickly grab it. You wouldn't let it go. Without a desperation, the most powerful preacher cannot touch you. The most powerful preaching, you couldn't grasp it. 1100,000 message without a desperation, 
you wouldn't got a hold of it. It has to be God take you, going through certain things, put you into the desperation. Then you all of a sudden you were heightened up. Oh, sorry. Did I say? Huh? You become sensitive. You become sharpened. Is that a, not probably the right word? It has to take in a certain situation that it will come so that the things that you don't realize you have, all of a sudden it will bring out of the surface. And then your whole eyes was upon that. Then your whole focus is on that. You don't look at anything else. When you come to the church, when you have a need, when you have a desperate need, you come to the church, all of a sudden, the weakest preacher becomes the greatest man of God that you ever have. Why? Because your whole mind was heightened. You become a desperate. Then you are the faintest little touch from the Lord. You quickly got a hold of I experienced that. I think most of them experienced that. If we just everything smoothly going, just sailing along, you come to the church, it's just another service. But you let some person to get in a deeper trial. You let them, some person doesn't even have to be the trial. Sometimes it's the things that we lost that all of a sudden we said, Lord, bring that back. Lord, bring that zeal back. Lord, I remember when I first received the message, what a passion that I have. When I come to the church, I can't even wait for the door to open to come sitting here. But the life pressure, the life that we're going through, and the work, and the children. I think about the young couples. Some of the young couples, before you're married, before you have a children, you love the Lord. You come to the church, have a communion with the Lord. You come to the church, you're looking for the Lord to do something. But then the work, then the marriage life. And sometimes the children come. One child, you got busy. Two child, you got too busy. Three child is almost like a hell. <laughs> then the things that you have start to gradually, gradually cooling off. But before you even know it, but you know it. You know you're not in the all to be. You spend a time on a child. You change in the depper. You go to the nursing room. You have to cook, you have to do this, you have to do all that. I'm talking about a young couple that are sisters. The love of a God start to get it diminishing. And husband as well. Can I say something? You're so quiet. Now you get it too busy. But the strange thing is, you still have a time to polish your fingernail. You still have a time to polish your toenail. You're busy. You got one child, two child, two busy, three child. You got lots of things to do, but you still have time to do all those things. 
What's the problem? Pressure. You have a pressure on you. You try to find other things to let off the pressure. Oh, my boy have to do the hockey. My boy have to do the soccer. My boy have to do that. Your, what is your boys doing? Oh, your boy do karate. What, the, what belt is that? What belt? Oh, my child has to be black belt. Oh, it was just like a re- um, rat race. You have to do this. You have to do this. All the things start to pile it up on you. You find out your love to God become a diminishing, diminishing, and diminishing. And then what you do? You commend yourself. I must love God with all my strength. I must love God with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my heart. You find out you're just rolling down the hill, head over toe. It doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for you. You need to refocus. Do you know even that? Was God allow that? What is that to do? Make you become desperate. I remember one time, my brother Tom. It was it stuck with me all these years, many years ago. And brother Tom shared it in a, in, a, in a preaching. He said when he was a, when he was the first married. I hope I, I related it is right. If not, you correct me after the service. <laughs> that it was a it was a busy you know I have to go here I have to go there the wife had to do this or the husband had to go shopping and do it. and then one day to, to a point the brother Tom said enough he said enough and he said he said honey I'm not going to do this anymore he said we have to do that we have to do that no 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 he said I just want to go home I just want to go to my closet and right upon him on my blanket, close to the door. He said, I just want to have the communion with my Lord. Yeah, and it stuck with me so much. Because at that time, I was just in a message. I was going through the rough time. In the beginning, the revelation coming, the message, every time I read, it was seemed like the word was just jumping off of the pages. But as I started sailing, I started cruising, then I started to cool off. And then when I was preaching that, but you know what? That drove me to the desperation. I said, Lord, this is not supposed to be. I said, Lord, I don't want this. That time my children were still young. They have to have a swimming lesson, they have to have soccer, they have to do this, they have to do that. I come to another point, I said, enough is enough. I'm almost gonna, almost gonna explode it. I can't take this anymore. And then my, my children, they, they have to study Chinese, they have to go to Saturday, go to the Chinese school, go to this and do that. And when Brother Tom was speaking of that, I come home and I told my wife, I said, honey, enough is enough. I said, I'm not going to send my children to Chinese school anymore. Oh, they have to learn Chinese. Grandpa said they have to learn Chinese. Grandma said they have to learn Chinese. Grandma, Grandpa in China said they have to learn Chinese. The future is the China's time. What future is the China's time? China is going to be destroyed just like America is going to be destroyed. Every country that belongs to the state and they're all going to be destroyed. I don't care they know Chinese or English. I want them to know God's language. I said, enough is enough. Forget about it. I'm not going to send them to do that anymore. I want to have a communion with my Lord. I want my children to know the Lord. 
God drive us to the desperation. When He drive me to the, such a desperation, I said, Lord, I take that faintest little touch. That whole service, I don't remember what Brother, Brother, Brother Thomas was preaching, but that sentence, the faintest touch from the Lord, I got a hold of it. I said, Lord, this is for me. I'm going to start from today on. I canceled a birthday party. I'm not going to there anymore. Maybe I offended the brother or whatever. I said, no, not, I'm not saying that you're going to cancel your birthday party. Please understand me. You do whatever the Lord will make the real. But it just to me, in that special, specific time, the Lord said, I want some fellowship with you. Desperation make you refocus yourself. Desperation doesn't doesn't make you any power to do it. Desperation just make you refocus. And then the one who had a power, when you desperate, that power start to drive you to do things that you by yourself were not able to do. In Hebrew 12, 1. Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of a witness. You hear that little clip? That's one, the witness in the cloud. That encompassed us. I was thinking when we go to heaven, what our testimony going to be? You remember Brother Brandon talked about a story? One boy was on the courage, on the bucket, the horse buggy. Then a gunshot, the horse ran wild. There was a little cowboy, the young cowboy, straddled a horse and go grab that, uh, the buggy and save the boy's life. And that boy grow up and he come to a certain age, he become a wild. Then he commit a criminal. Then he take him to the judge. And the judge uh, before, before the jury, and he sent him to death. And the judge said, the boy, I'm going to send you to be hung until your last breath was be hung out. And that boy, he was rushing out, and it broke through, and he go grab the judge, said, judge, judge, don't you remember me? And the judge looked at him. He said, no. The boy said, I was that boy that you saved me. Then one of the horse was run away. And the boy said, you saved me then. Save me today, judge. Because that cowboy become a judge. And then the judge looked at him. And said, boy, I was your savior then. But I'm your judge now. He's your savior today. He will be your judge tomorrow. He will be your judge in your future. I think it's a serious time that we need to refocus ourselves. It's not desperate you do something. It's we desperate to refocus ourselves. That our marriage, that our young couples, I know you're busy. I know you have things to do. I know you have this world piled on things. 
for you to do. Pile it on things on your path. Young people, you have a college, you have a university, you have a school, you have everything. Everything, a career, a whole, whole lot of things for you to do. You're proud of things for you to do. But don't you feel the little tug that in your heart? You know what that is? That is the desperation. God wants you to refocus yourself. He said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beside us. And let us run with patience the grace that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Desperation will make you refocus. Will make you watch. Make you step on your toe, not step on your toe, stand on your toe, that you watch carefully. Then a musician comes. When you keep your focus, when you keep your eye on Jesus Christ. Your everything, every faculty of your body, your mind, your soul, your heart was all sharpened and heightened. And that itself actually is a power. Maybe I'll just share this, uh, not to try to tell you the joke, but I was just, just want to tell you something that I feel it will be a help here. One time I was, uh, you know, I was a wizard brother. We have a, in a restaurant. It was many years ago. And we were eating. And I was watching that brother was talking, talking. And I noticed there was a cup of water. That was, uh, that was on, uh, on, the, on the, this side as the brother was talking. And I was really afraid that he going to knock the glasses off. So I was keep watching their glasses because I know that that brother, he was, he was keep talking. He going to uh, knock this. So I was watching, I was watching it. And sure enough. And he was talking, carried away. Then he hit the glass, and the glass would fall off the table. But you know what? Because I was watching it, so I, I prepared. So I was just beside him. When I saw that, I know he was going to knock it off. As soon as the glass was knocked off, I quickly snatched it. Right in the middle of air. Then I put it back, put it on, on his table. That brother almost worshipped me afterward. <laughs> he was saying, my Chinese Kung Fu. You know, it's not Chinese Kung Fu. It's just because you're watching for it. It's just because you pay attention to it. Because you know something is going to happen. Your whole eyes, your whole focus is just on that cup of water. It doesn't take it really fast to try to do it. Because, it, well, what can you do? It's fall out of the air. You just take it up calmly and then put it back. And to some people, that's, the, that's the incredible. How you can do that fast? You can do that fast. But because you're focused, because you pay attention to it, because your eyes are on it, no matter what form that God come, you will always recognize it. The faintest little touch from the Lord, you quickly snatch it. Because you're focused on it. 
Lord is not asking you, you have to do this, you have to do that. He just asks you to let your eye focus on Him. To let your attention be focused on Him. Whatever the Word God says you do, you go to do it. And then whatever situation that you are in, don't let a situation scare you. The situation only serve one point to let you refocus yourself. The situation only serve at one point, drive you into the desperation. In that desperation, you're watching every move that God moves. You watch every service that God is trying to speak to you. You listen carefully to every message. You try to hear the one word that coming from the Lord. You try to hear the still small voice that coming from the Lord. One word coming from the Lord that you grab it and that word become a power to drive you out of your situation. That's what is the desperation they do to you. You don't need a Chinese Kung Fu. You don't need a, some supernatural, super duper face, super duper something. All you need, everything is already laid in you. Instead of a focus on the left and right on the outside, refocus what God has already given to you. Deity is in you. I have the whole page of the invisible union. Brother Brandon is talking about is God living in you. It's not just somebody living in it. It's not just some denominational idea. It's not something intellectual. But unveiled in God, unveiled right in you. He said, you're the virgin body. Blood washed to the bride of Jesus Christ. That's your position there. Refocus at the back to what is the God has made a reality to us. Shall we stand? You know the song that death has no terror, terrors? Would you lead us to sing, brother? Right?
So let us uh, forget about your beautiful voice and sing. Just sing them loud and praise it and glorify it, our God. Let's sing it together. Our souls die daily
He rose from the dead. And he's a triumphant one. Is that what we did? But he's already done it. Oh, I just love him with all my heart. Let's shake hands with him. Don't say it all roostered again. Say it's an old eagle. I was so blessed when my mom told me that. She said to Satan, she said, I'm not a novice. She said, I'm an old hand. I've been handling you long enough. And you have no victory over me. Shake hands with another old hand. <laughs> and tonight, about early, they're going to show us how old hand they're going to preach. So we're going to give the devil another blow in the eye. Praise to the Lord. May the Lord bless you. We'll see you tonight. God bless you.